Elizabeth Chapel, a lifelong entrepreneur who finally found my niche. After years of new ideas and jumping from business to business, I figured out how to turn a craft into a successful career. In 2016, I started a monthly subscription box for quilters. That little startup has grown into a thriving, multiple six-figure business that I am so proud of. As a published author, designer of fabrics and patterns being sold throughout the world, my favorite thing to do is to teach others how to grow a career of their dreams. Each week you'll hear from me or from other guests who are creative entrepreneurs, so you can learn exactly what to do and what not to do to grow a career that's more rewarding and successful than you ever thought possible. If you're ready to turn your craft into a career that you love, I am so excited you're here. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. Emily, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. For our listeners, can you just tell us who you are as a creative entrepreneur? Yeah, so I am a, a primarily a course creator. So I specialize in helping female solopreneurs uh, really understand what type of content to make on social media that helps connect and convert their audience. Um, and a lot of my courses have to do with Canva, which I would think most of your listeners would be familiar with, but it's an online yes. tool. Yes, to help you with any graphics and, and more. So, okay, it's very cool. First of all, I love so much and I have all these questions that we're going to dive into, but first of all, so my friend, Shannon Boyer, she, um, she told me about you recently. Yes. She was like, I just love, I think we were talking about not being so focused on money, 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 but like keeping this kind of balanced perspective because it's so easy in this entrepreneurial digital world. And I don't know, I started my business in 2015. My guess is it's always been that way, but now so with social media, yeah, it can feel like, I don't know. I would love for you to share just kind of your perspective on business and how you've gotten to where you are. Yes, I I do. First of all, I do know Shannon and I'm so glad she connected us. And yeah, I do think it's become a lot about how much can you make and how fast and how fast can you grow and what are you making? Like, Mm -hmm. and it's really hard because for me, when I put content out, like I made $78,000 in instant access sales. Here's how it's always one of my most popular posts. You know what I mean? So uh. it's this like you and, and and I do believe in transparency. Like I really do like letting people know this is possible. You know, I'm not trying to be like, look at me. I'm trying to say like, you could do this. Too. I'm just like a mom in Maryland, you know, Maryland in my fourth bedroom office, like doing my thing over here. So it is possible. So it's like it's this balance of like. Ah, like being honest and transparent and, and giving people hope that they could do it too and not trying to be too in your face and make it all about money. So I try to never, I talk more about how much what I do lights me up, how much what I do gives me the freedom that I always wanted with my family and my kids and my schedule, like not having a boss not having anyone breathe, being able to run to the grocery store in the middle of the day if I want to, taking my, you know, my kids are sick. I can pick them up. It's no one's going to yell. Like it's not, I don't feel uncomfortable letting someone know I have to leave. 
that's what I wanted. And I wanted just like the less stress. Um, so I try to make it way more about that because that is what's the most important to me. I'm very lucky that I'm making well over six figures. I don't need to. Like that's not, right. I'm very fortunate and I'm excited about it and we're saving a ton and like wonderful. But that's not why I got into this. That's a wonderful perk, right? And I could use a quarter of it, really. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I'd probably need. So yeah, it it is, it's definitely hard, but I definitely try to lead more with the authenticity and like, just like find something you absolutely love that lights you up that you could talk about in your sleep and still be happy. And like, you have to have that strong desire to create relationships and like help people. Like that really lights me up. I love learning about people, getting to know them. I love helping. I love teaching. And like at the core of it, like that's why I'm successful. So I'm curious, just me personally, do you ever feel guilt over, and maybe this is more of a reflection of me, but like, I don't need to be earning this money. So there's some sort of like, e. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's, it is, oh, money is such an, it's such an awkward, uncomfortable thing. And it like, shouldn't be, but we were kind of raised with like, with our parents, it was like, you don't talk about what anyone makes. Yeah. So there's sort of this like stigma around it. Um, yes, I always, every time I talk about finances in my emails or in social media posts, I'm like, this feels cringy. Like this feels cringy to me. I'm going to do it because you guys love it. Like you eat it up. (laughs) And honestly, whenever there's a creator, an online creator that I love and follow and trust and listen to, and they're transparent about Mm -hmm. how they make their money, I'm, I'm like digging in. I'm like, tell me more. Like, I want to know everything. Like, yeah, because you are curious, like, how do you make that? You know, like, where's it coming from? And how long did it take? And so- Yeah, it's this balance. And I think if you know me and you followed me for a while, you know, I'm not the type of person to be like, it's all about the money. Make $30,000 in a weekend, like join my thing. Like, no, never. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting because I don't know. And I do talk about this a lot. I feel like there's a lot of shame or uncomfortableness, especially for females around money. I have never heard of a man have this conversation ever. <laughs> it's so true. I know. Like, and why are we like, emb- it's like kind of embarrassed, kind of like, oh yeah, I don't know. We should be and, really proud. Right. And the good that we can do, there's just nothing wrong with having success. You know, there's nothing to be yes. ashamed of. And I definitely, the people who I really admire business wise, first of all, they're in alignment with their purpose. It's not all about the money, but they are successful with the money. That's not, they're not ashamed of it, but it's a proof of concept that like when you really care about your people and you make sure you have an amazing product for them, success comes, you know, there's proof. Yeah. And it's lovely. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's really rare. It's not, I don't want to say it's really rare, but I work with so many female solopreneurs and the majority are struggling to make the money, Mm. you know, and, and, so for me, it's like, uh, we should talk about this more. Like yeah, I should talk exactly. about how I'm doing it and what you could do. And, you know, and it shouldn't be shameful because in the end we all have about everything costs money. I tell right. my kids all the time, everything costs money. <laughs> like you need money. So we shouldn't be embarrassed if we should be trying to make money. 
Right. Yeah. And I love your niche. So uh, there's a post that you had a while ago, recently a while ago, but it was talking about how you were so up close. Like it seemed like Canva templates. Everyone knows it's so basic. Like there's not a need for that. So what, can you tell me your business journey? Like what did you start with and how has that changed over time? Yeah. So funny enough, my husband and I started a business in 2017, a CrossFit gym. So we met in a CrossFit gym and he was the coach and I, you know, yeah, I needed help moving a squat rack (laughs) and the rest is history. Um, so he was laid off from his job and we were both just, we had, uh, we had a, a 14 month old and a newborn (laughs) was very exciting times. And he did, he was just like, I don't want to go back to my job. I literally hated what I did. I, you know, I don't want to travel. He's traveling a lot. So we're like, let's start a business. Why not? So we started a gym (laughs) and, um, you know what we did well, we, we did pretty well. And I was snatched up by, uh, one of our business mentors to start helping other people with their social media presence. So they sort of saw what I was doing. I was getting on video, which back then, you know, reel, reels didn't exist yet. And I was on video every week and I was posting every week. And I got so into the Canva and social media part of our business. And it is really my first time ever really dealing with promoting or doing anything on social media. So I started, I became a mentor for other gym owners on how to like grow and find clients through social media. Did that for three years, uh, two, two, maybe two. And I just started to feel burnt out. I was trading time for money. So I got call, I got paid per call. So yeah. the more calls I took, the more I got paid. But I'm telling you that I'd have to pick my kids up from preschool. My throat would hurt from talking so much. Like, cause you're leading 45 minute calls. You could have seven a day. And it was just Ooh. like, but it was again, this like, but we need the money, but then it's, you know, my time. And I'd have 15 minutes between calls, go to the bathroom, grab something to eat and keep hustling. So it just got to be too much. And I was listening to a podcast, Amy Porterfield, digital course, Academy creator, you know, and she just, she sold me, you know, she, I felt like she was talking to me. Are you trading time for money? Do you have no more time left? Are you unfulfilled in your job? And I just was like, she knows, um, (laughs) you know, start an online course. So I, talked my husband into, sorry, my screen just went blank. I talked my husband into letting me purchase her course and it was way more money than I should have, you know, spent at the time, but I was a little desperate. I was not happy. And I refuse to sit around and do nothing when I'm unhappy. Like I'm like, something's Mm got to change. I'm going to figure it out. So I started making my outline and, you know, I was making it about meal prepping because we had a gym and I was a nutrition coach at the gym. And I was like, well, this is what the safest thing is. And I was just like, this bores me to death. Like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't care. Prep your food. Don't prep your food. Like, don't bother me. So my husband's like, well, what would you make a course on if you could do anything? And I immediately was just like, Canva, Canva, social media and Canva. And he was like, then do it. And I was like, what? So that night we came up with my business name, the creative bodega. I got the Instagram handle and I just started building a course on, uh, it was called, um, the Canva crash course to branding your business. Okay. And, and that was, that was it. And I ended up, you know, my first course launched six months after I took that course on how to make an online course. And I got 45 students and that was with posting, like starting my Instagram account six months before and posting consistently up to that point. I started an email list 
mm-hmm. I had an Instagram account and that's all I had for six months. And I did both consistently. Nice. I e- emailed once a week, posted. And when I launched, people were ready. I mean, I'd been helping them, you know, and, and, and I became the expert in their eyes. At all, and I got 45 students, made like 12K in five days. And I was like, maybe I, this might be something, you know, mm-hmm. I ended mm-hmm. up leaving my job a couple months later and I just went full force on the creative bodega. So, well, and thankfully Canva is an amazing platform and they just continue to add more and add mm-hmm. more. I mean, but let's just say tomorrow that Canva shut down. I mean, it seems like you have the skills and the whereabouts. Like you said, you're not just going to sit around and be like, oh, so what would you do? This is totally off the cuff. But what would you do if Canva were to just shut down tomorrow? What other kind of business would you do? Well, so since, I mean, it all started with Canva, but then once I was in my Canva course, I realized that nobody knew how to batch content or how to make like what to make content about. So then I started a course called uh, Batch Like a Boss, and I taught my whole batching system and taught people what type of content to make to get people to talk to you and to get people to trust you and engage with you. Then when I was in that course, I realized nobody had an email list. So then I was like, oh my God, everybody needs an email list. I can teach you how. So then I made a course on how to start and grow your email list. So it's you know, and then from there, everybody wanted to know how to make an online course. How do you make an online course? Mm-hmm. So then I just partnered with a friend of mine and we did it. It was called Course Camp. And we did it for a week in the summer, how, teaching people how to make an online course. So it's just evolved. I, I haven't just stuck with Canva because I have a lot of other interests and I am pretty good at some other things. So, and I can teach yeah. people about it. So it has naturally evolved over time from Canva. So I feel confident that even if it went away, which it's definitely not going to, I would have other things that I could still teach. Oh, and what I'm hearing here is you're listening to your students and your customers and you know, you can hear their different pain points and questions and you're like, ah, I got you. I, you know, let me show how to do that. Constantly, constantly. Yeah. That post that you talked about a couple minutes ago about like, I was so close to what I did that I didn't realize people struggled with customizing templates, finding and customizing templates. I was like, well, everyone knows the templates are there and everybody knows how to like pop their stuff in and use it. And I did some course validation calls. So I had to call like nine people and to be like, what do you struggle with, with Canva? And like, everyone said customizing the templates. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> that wasn't even going to be, that wasn't even in my outline. Like I wasn't even yep. going to talk about it. And then I was like, this is a whole week that I could talk about this. So I am constantly listening, talking to, you know, in my newsletters each week, I'm like, even today, one came out today and I'm like, like, what is the hardest part about coming up with content for you? Like, I'm actually really curious. I'm a real person, hit reply and tell me, or in my stories, you know, like Mm -hmm. taking polls. If you had to say like, what's the next thing? I'm just always trying to talk to everybody and figure out what's going on, what I can help with. What's yeah. So it's so important. Which, okay. You casually mentioned, and I want to just point this out to my listeners and dig a little more into it. You did a call with nine people, a discovery call. What did you call it? Yeah. Yeah. Discovery call. Oh, it was actually called a course validation call. So just like validating my course that it was a good idea. Okay. I love this. Okay. Because (laughs) Shan and I have been talking, a lot of people 
sell their course before it's ready, which I get the thinking of like, make sure that people want to buy it. But this is, I like this approach where you're really validating. So how did you find those nine people? Like, tell me your process about this. Yeah. So I basically, I, I, again, I was working as a marketing and business mentor for gym owners. So I knew a bunch of, you know, female gym. I knew I wanted to work with women. Don't ask me why I'm just more comfortable with it. That's just who I am. And I, I knew some female gym owners and I, or their nutrition coaches that I worked with. So I, you know, thought of a couple of them. And then I had a couple friends who were business owners who I knew used Canva. I just made a list I reached out to them and I said, Hey, would you mind just hopping on like a 15 minute zoom with me? I'm working on this, creating this course. And I just have like seven questions for you. And, and, you know, they were more than willing. They were like, sure. You know? And, um, so we did it. I would, I sent them like a Starbucks gift card, you know, to go get a Starbucks on me afterwards was very thankful. And I just went down this list of questions, just sort of should better understand how they used it. What was their biggest struggle with it? Um, you know, what, what, if they could wave a magic wand and have all their issues disappear, like how would that feel? Like, so yeah. And, and then it, again, it just opened up my eyes to a lot of things that they were struggling with that I didn't even realize. Um, again, cause I am good at it and I'm yeah. so close to it that I just don't realize. And then it also helped me kind of understand who I wanted to work with. Do I want the newbies who really have no idea what they're doing? Do I want someone sort of in between who's been dabbling with it, but needs to kind of take it to the next level. Like it kind of helps me that way too. Cause who did I enjoy sort of talking to more or what questions kind of lit me up more of like the kind of basic ones. I was sort of like, "Mm, I don't want someone who's never heard of Canva before. You know what I mean? I I want someone who's dabbling in it, but really needs to hone in their skills. Um, So that kind of helps me with my whole messaging and the content I was putting out too. Yeah. I heard someone say once like an entrepreneur saying, I hated my job and I wished I could quit, but I had started this and I was, you know, they didn't like the customers that they had and not that it was, they weren't marketing correctly. So they changed the wording on their marketing to where, let's say with Canva, like, are you having a hard time creating templates? All of a sudden you're leading anyone who naturally is like, what are you talking about? You know, they're already at that point. Exactly. And that was even with my batch, like a boss, uh, course, you know, the name I had people DM me and they're like, what is batching? And I'm just like, not for you. You're not my, yeah, forget it. (laughs) Ignore, (laughs) ignore. Uh, yeah. Like you need to like, you know, batch if you're, if you're in it, like, you know, you batch your content. Like, so anyways, yeah, the wording can be very important. Yeah, this person, it was like SEO and just putting the word SEO out, like all of a sudden you're weeding out people who are like, what? what right, that? You right. Know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's important. Because in the beginning, you're so des- you're a little desperate. You're kind of like, I'll take anybody. But then you realize that you do kind of have to narrow it down and start talking to like one specific person. And yes, you'll still attract the people who are above or below it. It's just naturally going to happen. But as long as the majority are sort of in the wheelhouse that you're looking for. Absolutely. And I'm very curious, okay, because you talked about trading time for money. I real, like real talk here. How are you, and this is again, selfish. I really want to know, (laughs) how are you organizing your business? Like what kinds of systems do you have in place? Do you have a team? How is this working for you? Yeah. So 
Um, my business went from, I, I went from 10, again, I'm only on Instagram. So you're going to hear me talking about Instagram a lot. I refuse to be on anything else. I just can't mm-hmm. handle it. Um, just yeah. a personal preference. And I have my email list. So at, hit, when we hit uh, the end of the year, so this is 2023, January, 2023, my following went from 10,000 followers on Instagram to 65,000. I had a reel that went viral and my business completely exploded, but I was ready for it because I had, I had instant access courses that people could buy immediately. I had, you know, a newsletter that I was sending out weekly. So I was nurturing them. Like, so I was, I was, I was ready. Like it wasn't, so I had multiple freebies people could download. Um, but the influx of DMs, you've never seen anything like you've never seen anything like it. You're like, and comments on my posts. I mean, it just, so I immediately knew I needed help. I was like, I can't, I'll burn out if I'm spending all day replying to this stuff. Yeah. So I put out an SOS on my stories and I was like, oh my God, like, what do you, like anyone who has a big account, like how do you handle the comments? And Cause I was always very, and I tell my students reply to every comment, answer right. every DM. It is still one of my like non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Everyone matters. Everyone, like I want everyone to know that I care about them and I'm going to answer them. So, um, I, a girl reached out to me and she was like, I'm a VA, like, here's what you could do, whatever. And I just was like, do you want to get on a call? (laughs) She sounded super nice and she was a mom. And anyway, she's my VA now. So it's just me and my VA. And she helps me with a lot of my DMs and a lot of my comments on my posts. Um, So it's just me and her. And then I run a signature course two times a year. That's 10 weeks long. So that's new for this year because last year I had three courses I was launching twice a year. That's six wow. launches. And I was like, I can't do it. I just, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you know, you've ever launched something, it's exhausting and stressful. Mm-hmm. So I talked to a business friend of mine and she just was like, put them all in one, put them all in one. And you have one signature course that you launch twice a year boom. And I was like, can I do that? But other people, some people want parts of it and other people won't want parts. She was like, too bad. Like that's what you offer. So I was like, okay. So I did it. And I launched my first signature course in February and, um, I sold out in 48 hours, 50 spots and just made about 76 K in 48 hours. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. It means wild. So those are my two big rocks. Like those are my, those two big times of the year. But then I have these instant access courses. I have about five of them at this point that are anywhere from 39 to 297. Mm-hmm. And anyone can come along at any time and purchase those. So that makes up a really nice chunk of income throughout the months as well. Um, and then I, I, I just, I have I have two main things that help me. I use Zapier, which is an integrator, you know, if this, then that. So if someone signs up for a course on my course platform, Podia, you know, their information gets zapped over to Flowdesk, which is my email service provider. They get tagged as a customer and they automatically get an email welcoming them to the course. You know, I don't have to do anything. So that takes care of that, which is huge for me. There's no manual work that way. Um, 
And so, yeah. And then I just started a membership, which I have dragged my feet on. Tell me about this because I just sold my membership and I'm like already having ideas of starting another business one. I'm like, that don't, Elizabeth, don't like, I know, I know. (laughs) I didn't want to do it. Every time one of my courses ends, everyone in the community would beg for me to leave it open. And I'd be like, I just, I can't, it's not in my, I'm not not there yet. I don't want to do it. Even if you say I don't have to be involved, I can't physically, I can't do that. Like, so I closed it. And so I've done, I've closed, you know, 12 at this point, you know, courses mm-hmm. that are live stuff. And just after this last one, I was talking to my husband and I think he's a great sounding board. He's such a great partner. And whenever I have like, he's just a great person to kind of bounce ideas off of. So I was telling him that I really am starting to dread one-on-one calls. I, I And I mm-hmm. offered one-on-one calls. And while I got paid great for them, I just, I, it was very hard because I didn't know the person it's 75 minutes. There'd be so much they wanted to accomplish. It wasn't super realistic. And I still had to get to know them and what the heck their business is all about. And I just was like, I see them on the calendar and I resent them. And I hate yeah. that. And he was like, get rid of them. And I was like, but then, you know, he was like, well, what would you rather do instead? And I was like, well, I'd rather work with these people that I know, that I know mm-hmm. their business. I know their names. I know their business names. I've worked with them. Like they know me, they trust me. And he was like, well, like, what about starting um, just an alumni only membership. So the whole concept of like a membership that anyone in the world could join. And I have 3000 members like that for like $27 a month. It didn't cut it for me. I don't, I just, I was like, that sounds so overwhelming. Uh, I'm actually pretty much, I'm an introvert, believe it or not. A lot of people don't believe me, but like that just felt like too much for my nervous Mm -hmm. system. So he was like, well, then what if it was alumni only? And I was like, you know, They've asked for it. I've said no a thousand times, like, but maybe it's time. So I, I'm going to open the doors two times a year to the people who take my signature course, the Canva Collective. At the end of it, you have the option to stay on. I just opened it to like anyone who's been in, in the past. I got 23 people right away, which is, I'm very happy. And it's higher price. It's $97 a month. Mm-hmm. I like that. Because it's, yeah. first of all, I want to feel good about it. I want to feel like I'm, it's, you know, financially mm-hmm. good for me, which I shouldn't feel bad about. Right. Right. Yeah. And it is incredibly exclusive. Like it, it yeah. this is not a 2000 person membership. It's 23 people right now. And you have full access to me. Like That's crazy. Good. Yeah. And you don't even get that in membership, like masterminds that are no like 25,000. You like, you right. don't get that. <laughs> right. And a lot of them need the accountability. They need to mm-hmm. say, Em, I want to have a funnel done by the next call. And I'm going to say like, Hey, Tara, did you do it? Like, mm-hmm. um, so the accountability is there. And there's just like a solid group of women on an even playing field. They've all been through my course. So I know yeah. that they know, we all know relatively the same thing, which I like as well. Cause you don't have mm-hmm. your brand new beginners who don't even know what to name their business yet you know, and then people who are crushing it. It's like, I know where everyone stands. So yeah, I'm really hopeful and I'm excited about it. I really like that. So that gives me some food for thought here. Yes. I am still blown that it's just you and a VA. (laughs) So, okay. Do you do Facebook ads? Never. I've never done it. It's all organic. I've never done an ad. Um, my account, my, 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 I don't even do Facebook. Like if something gets pushed to Facebook from Instagram, it was by accident. So I have a business account because I have to over on Facebook, 
to be connected to later. So later is the other one besides Zapier, which is the like integrator for me, because not all websites talk to each other. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, I use later.com, which is my social media scheduler. So it auto posts everything for me. So I batch about two to three weeks in advance and then it's like set to go. So I'm not every day scrambling to get a post out, which saves me a ton of time. Um, so yeah, are you that, organized or is organization not a problem? Okay. Cause that is something I yeah. struggle with, you know, as we scheduled this call, yeah. I'm like, actually scratch that. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. You know, I always joke, like I'm not very techie, believe it or not, but you know, I can, I, the things I know, I know well, but I don't like love tech stuff, but I am organized. I, I just, and that's sort of the unique thing about me. I, you know, I, I worked for 10 years in the fashion industry up in New York City before moving to Maryland. Cool. Yeah. And I went to school for fashion design, but I ended up being a production manager for a pretty big fashion designer. Um, I worked Can my way up. Can you say who? We've got to know. Well, she, she the since closed her business. It was Nanette Lepore. I don't know if you remember Nanette Lepore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's in line with like Tibby and it was sort of, yeah, she went away. It's kind of sad. But okay. anyways, um, so yeah, I worked my way up from being like a production assistant, hoping to be get into the design area. But then once I got into production, I loved it so much because I was around all the creativity and the, and the fabrics and the, but I wasn't, um, but I, I could have spreadsheets and I could, you know, organize things. And so I've always sort of had this nice mix of like creativity but also I've got that right brain organizational stuff. So that uh, is a lot of what I teach in my courses is how to get organized with your content, how to come up with a strategy and a system. So you're not winging it because if you ask me the worst feeling in the world is waking up and being like, what am I going to post today? Like, what am I going to post? It's it's just, it's too much. It's too overwhelming. So Mm -hmm. just really nailing down like a strategy and a system, because if you're, if you're just winging it, like you're not going to get to where you want to be. Like, no, no, you're capping your growth. You know, you you just can't do that. You got to be more strategic. It is true. Um, so, okay. You've also mentioned that you are a big fan of therapy, that you have a therapist and that you've grown a lot in that area. Can you speak to me about that? I mean, yeah. Tell me, you start and I'll guide the conversation. <laughs> Gosh, where do we start? Well, so, I mean, it all, I started therapy when I was like six. My parents got divorced at five. So my mom is a big therapy proponent and yeah, I needed it as a little six-year-old with your parents getting divorced. It was a rough time. And then, you know, as I grew up a little bit on and off with still family stuff, parent stuff, um, and then I was good, but then I'm, again, I lived in New York city and I got married to a horrible human being and we dated for nine years, married for one, there was someone else at work that he found interesting. And that was sort of that we got divorced after a year. And, but he, it was a trauma. It was a traumatic, very dysfunctional relationship. And I kind of left it feeling like the, uh, uh, like a speck of dirt, you know, like just my self-worth was zero. Um, cause I felt like I was thrown out like a piece of trash, you know? And mm-hmm. so I went back to therapy, like full force and, you know, her name was Molly. And I swear to God, I feel like I wouldn't even be here without her today. Like she just mm-hmm. found a way to like, it gives me goosebumps, like lift me up and gain that confidence back that I so desperately needed at 31 and single in New York city. Um, and so I, you know, I just, 
I feel like everyone kind of needs that outlet that isn't your husband or your best friend or, you know, during certain times of life, is it always? No, I kind of go on and off. Like kids, my kids are really tough. They are Mm -hmm. not your little wallflowers. One has (laughs) crazy frustration, anger issues. And the other one is so attached to me that I like can't go to the bathroom without her following me in. (laughs) And and has anxiety herself. So like I have like, and that's been a lot for me as a mom. So then I went back, like help, help. Like I don't know how to handle this as a mom, as a person. Like, so I, I just, it has navigated me through some really tough times in my life. And I don't think it's shameful. And I don't think it should be something that people hide behind or that they feel embarrassed about, like more power to you. Like you're doing something to try to get from where you are to where you want to be. Like kudos to you. Um, And even the same with antidepressants, like antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication. Like I'm on an anti-anxiety medication. Like it's sort of what I needed to get to a level playing field. I was having Mm -hmm. issues taking a lot out on my kids, you know, and like I didn't like who I was becoming. And especially time around the time of the month when I was, you know, getting my period, it just was like not good. And I talked to my therapist and she's like, I think you need to find your baseline again. And I think- you know, you can't. And so with the help of an anti-anxiety medication, like I'm just so much more at an even keel and I just feel better every day. Like having the, I get physical symptoms, like my throat feels like it's closing on me. My stomach hurts, like what a lot of people do. And now I don't have that anymore. So again, is it forever? No, it's not. But in this season of my life, I need it. I need it. And I'm not embarrassed to say it. So that's my story. I just love it. I mean, I talk open. I had my therapist as a guest on the podcast and like, Mm -hmm. and and recently I'm curious to hear your perspective on this. When I work with a lot of people for business coaching, I realize a big piece of their success is the mental game. Mm -hmm. Do you see this too? A million percent, which is also why I like to talk about therapy. I actually had a post recently, like if you don't have the confidence needed for this, people will feel it. They will mm-hmm. feel your insecurity. They will feel your uncertainty. And you need to like show up like you have all the confidence in the world. If that is something you're lacking or you struggle with, like you need to work on yourself and that first, if you ask me. Because until yeah. you do, I don't know. I think that's something that a lot of people have said to me, like, you're so confident. You come across as so confident. Well, it's taken me a long time to get here. I didn't, I wasn't born this way and it's taken a lot of practice. I still fake it till I make it, you know, in every yeah. reel and every story before I hit that record button, I get a little like, Oh, like I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Any live thing I do, I want to kind of throw up right before I go on. I sweat <laughs> through my seat. Like literally when I get off a workshop, I'm like, Oh my God, I like sweat <laughs> through my pants. Um, so yeah. I've had to fake it till I made it, but um, I do think that confidence, I find that those solo, those female solopreneurs that I work with that are just so wavering on if they can do it, if they know enough, if, if, if I'm like, at a certain point, you got to like do the work interpersonally to like gain that confidence. Cause I'm sure it's not just in your business where you're struggling mm-hmm. in that area, Absolutely not. right? Yeah. 
Well, and I noticed earlier, you said like, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. I, a lot of women are afraid to even say that, you know, that they're yeah. really good at something. I'm like, you've got to own it. And I'll you say like, you it. become an expert. They're like, oh, not the expert. I'm like, no, you, you are like, you yeah. own and that. And people feel like you're the expert. Like I, so who was it? Well, it's Amy Porterfield that said, and I don't know if she's the first one, but you only need to know 10% more than the average person to teach them about it. And when I heard that, I was like, just 10%. Like, yeah. But when you think about it, if somebody, a friend of mine knew 10% more about rock climbing, like I know nothing about it. So even if they knew that little bit more than me, I'd be like, wow, like you really, you know, your stuff, you know, like yeah. you don't need to know that much more. And if you are pitting yourself against all these other people who you feel like know more than you, or you're following all these people. Like when I first started, I followed a bunch of Canva experts and I found that it was all I saw in my feed. And every time I saw one, it made me feel like S-H-A-T. And I was like, they're better than me. They know more than me. They're better on camera. Their equipment's better. Like, I was like, what am I doing? Like, stop following these people if it makes you feel terrible. Like, take them out of the equation. So I stopped following everybody, but like maybe one or two. Yep. And that's something I tell my students. Like, don't fill your feed with this stuff if it's making you feel bad about yourself. Fill it with people who make you feel good and empower you. Which is so powerful to do. I've done it. And I'll see my students sometimes like, oh, but so-and-so has this. I'm like, you should probably stop following them because that mindset is not serving you. So not at all. The comparison game is just a, it's a lose. You lose every time. So and it's natural. It's very natural for Instagram is fostering, you know, this. So just for us to kind of take control and sit in the driver's seat and make sure it's going to be a good experience. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. You're in control of your feed. And I'm always like, people aren't going to notice if you unfollow them or there's a way in Instagram to just mute them. So they don't show up anywhere for you. And I'm like, it's done. Mm-hmm. I've had to do it to some family members. <laughs> right, I know so I've had to do it to some good friends. I'm like, I just know <laughs> friends, but <laughs> yeah, something about it doesn't make me feel good. And I like to feel good. Like, and that's a, that's a whole other topic. You know, people who hate social media. I'm like, you know what? Like, it's not that bad. If you right. make it a bad place. Like, exactly. But like, I love, I've met, look at you and me. Like, I've yep. met some of the best, most interesting people. And I've, ha- luckily I've had, I have very few, I don't have had any haters, maybe one Mm -hmm. or two have emailed me like out of the blue. And I'm like, okay, like turn it around. Something's wrong with you. It's not (laughs) me. Um, But, you know, for the most part, I've just made the best connections, relationships, the most lovely human beings. It can be a really beautiful place. Well, and I think just what you said, turn it around. It's, it's, it's a mirror, you know, like if you're not loving it, that's you're doing something wrong. Can I say yeah. that? Like I, yeah, I know, you can I know. take control of that, of your experience with it as well. Correct. I'm going to love, so. Correct. So I am curious if you, if there's something that you find yourself, and I guess this will be kind of our wrap up question, but like big advice in the form of, is there something that you hear people asking or struggling with repeatedly? And if so, what is that thing? And what advice do you give to them? I would say that it is that they are overwhelmed with how many things that they feel they need to do. So they need to be putting content out every day. They need to start an email list. They need to move their website or start a website. Like, you know, kind of like, what do you do first? Like, where do I, I'm overwhelmed and I'm kind of frozen. So, I mean, I always, I just, one of my members posted in our group today about that. And I was sort of like, like, when you look at that list of seven things, 
Like what's going to move the needle forward for you the fastest? Like what is your overall goal? I'm guessing it's probably sales. Like that's sort of right. So like out of that list, like what's going to help you sort of get to that point, right? And it's Mm -hmm. also just prioritizing your time. Like I, and that's probably the other thing. And listen, I was a nutrition coach before. So the amount of times I've heard, well, I don't have time for, I don't have time to eat healthy. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to batch content. I don't have time to get on stories. I'm like, listen, we all have the time. We, we really do. It's just that you're not prioritizing it. And that's okay. If it's mm-hmm. not a priority in your life right now, I'm not telling you it has to be, but I don't like the excuse if I don't have time. Like yeah. when I started the creative bodega, I had uh, we owned our gym and I was the head nutrition coach and I um, was mentoring for this woman and literally had like upwards of five to seven calls a day. So this was my little side hustle and I absolutely didn't have time. So in between, remember I said I had 15 minutes in between calls, I would record a reel. I would hop on my stories and I would eat and I would do all of it at the same time. And then I'd go pick up my kids and then they'd go to bed and then I wouldn't watch TV. I would actually mm-hmm. do some work. I would write my newsletter for that week or I would batch my content. Like that's what I had to do at that time. And luckily I don't have to do that anymore because I'm doing this full time, but there was certainly a time and I'm not trying to promote the hustle culture right, or whatever, right. but at a certain point in my life, I did have to sort of hustle because I had a lot going on, but this was, I was so into this that it was a non-negotiable and I made the time for it. So that kind of hurts my heart when people sort of, to me, it's a little bit of a cop-out excuse that they don't have time. If it's important, you're going to make the time. I don't watch TV at night still. It's just not really part of my daily routine. If my kids go to bed and I have time, I either read or I do some work before bed. Like it's just kind of, you know, because my my work day is when my kids are at school. Like it is a nine to three. And when they get home, I leave my laptop in my office. I do, I tell people, and I don't work when my kids get home because it's not good. It's, it, I can't concentrate fully on them. I can't concentrate fully on you. I mess things up. So like, you know, if you're in a course of mine, I set, I make very clear expectations about that. Like if you message me at 3 p.m., you probably won't hear it to me until my kids get bed or the next morning. It's okay. I love There's, that. Yeah. Like there's no, and then, you know what? They're mostly moms and Mm -hmm. they just get it. No one has ever said to me, like, you didn't get back to me fast enough. Right. Um, And I'm like, trust me, I'm saying this more because I put the pressure on myself to get back to you so fast. I have to say this out loud to like calm myself down about, you know, when I see a message come through and I'm making dinner and I'm like, Oh, like I should just go to my laptop and answer it. But it's like, I don't have to do that right now. Like I'm making dinner. My kids are around. I'll answer them later. All is well. Like, yes. And those boundaries. Yes. Well, and it really, well, in hearing about that, I don't have time. Well, there is, I do hear that. What do I do first? But the, I don't know, like, I don't think I have time for this. It is a matter of love and self-respect and, you know, putting ourselves first and embracing that. It is. And I, you know, and that's the other thing. I actually wanted to make a reel about this. Like I, I take care, I get nine hours of sleep. I get eight to nine hours of sleep. I don't sleep with my phone in my room. Like it's not a part of my morning or nighttime situation. I don't scroll my phone in the morning or at night. I work out, you know, I try to eat well. I try to walk. I I try to take care of myself so that I have the energy. I have the focus. Like it's all a whole big picture, you know? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And then, okay. Personally, last question. I think I saw that you're 42 years old. Is that right? I am. Okay, so I 
turned 42 this year, right? Oh my wow. gosh, I was born in 81. So I think yeah, we're, 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 we're class 81. of 2000. Were you class of 99 or 2000? Uh, 99, 99. Okay, yeah, 2000. So anyhow, oh I was like, oh, I like the same age. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, you cool. look amazing. Oh, so do you. Well, <laughs> hey, all that CrossFit and <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, thanks. Funny. So for our listeners who want to find you or would love to maybe work with you or take one of your courses, where is the best place to find you? Yeah. So there, again, there's really only two places. It'll be my website, which is the creative bodega. Bodega is B-O-D-E-G-A or on Instagram is the creative bodega. It's the same thing. So those awesome. are my two, my two hotspots. And what is bodega? I just have to ask that. A bodega is a corner store. Um, so it's a Spanish word for a corner store or a grocery store. So when I lived in New York City, there's bodegas like on every corner and you can go in there and get anything from like an avocado to like tampons. <laughs> so so cool. it's sort of like a one-stop shop and it's sort of like, I don't know. So when we were trying to come up with a name, my husband, he always used to joke about bodegas. He didn't live in New York <laughs> and he didn't know what they were either. So he was like, what if it's the creative bodega? It's kind of like a one-stop shop for their branding. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I love it. So That's the creative cool. bodega is born. Awesome. Well, you yeah. are just so cool. Like I yeah. love all that you've done and Thank back you. in New York and anyhow. So hopefully one day we'll get to meet in real life. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Welcome.